This is an encore presentation of the 12 Songs of Christmas with Scott McCoy of the Minus Five and new Christmas music reviews. and this is my podcast about Christmas music. This Christmas season, we're stepping up our game with two episodes a week. On Wednesday, I posted my interview with Isaac Hansen of Hansen, and today I'm reposting an episode from last spring with Scott McCoy of the Minus Five. I don't want to get too deep into this introduction because most of what I'd say here I said in the original introduction. Basically, Scott had a stroke between recording and releasing the Minus Five's Dear December in 2017 and that changed his relationship to those songs. That story's pretty interesting, and we'll get into that in a minute. Then we'll conclude with reviews of some of this season's holiday releases, including Christmas albums by Rob Halford, Neo, Keb Moe, John Legend, and Diana Ross. Here we go. My name is Alex Rawls, and today I'm talking with Scott McCoy, who has a long history in independent rock and roll, having been a member of Young Fresh Fellows in the 80s, and then the Minus Five, the Baseball Project, and a lot of other one-off projects, including a long time as a sideman for R.E.M.'s touring band. In 2017, he released a Christmas album with the Minus Five titled Dear December, but as we talk about in our conversation, he never got to play those songs live that holiday season because he suffered a stroke right around the time of its release. We had a great conversation about his stroke, Dear December, Christmas music, and his contributions to this year's Christmas album from the Monkees, Christmas Party. Here's that conversation. How's your health? It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm you know, I, I, got a, I got a ways to go still, but... Uh, on a lot of things, but I feel, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good, you know? Oh, excellent. Can't complain. That's great. Yeah. So yeah. do I remember right now that you had, you had the stroke in November, 2017. How close was that to the release of, uh, of dear, of dear December? It was a week before the day it came out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of I kind of missed the whole release 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 date and and everything. I mean, it, it just it I I wasn't there for it. <laughs> I was wondering how not being there to play those songs affects your relationship to that record. Well, it it I mean it it did because it kind of wiped it out for me. But but then a year later, you know, this last year, I felt like well now I can do. I can do a, a release show, you know, like I can, <laughs> I can try, try to play these shows like a year later. Yeah. And, and I did, we did a little show in, uh, in Portland with, uh, um, we played, we played the entire record, I think, and, and a bunch of other Christmas songs. So we did a little Christmas show that was really, really fun. It was pretty ragtag and thrown together, but it was, it was great. And, you know, I had to, I had to 
use cheat sheets for the the words because I couldn't remember them at all. You know, I never I never played any of them live before at all. So um, it was, but it, but it went really well. It went really well. I think we're going to try to do it like a, a yearly thing now. You know, because it was it was really fun. It was really fun, and uh, so now I I kind of got the the songs back. They to me again. You know, they um they. They're, they're good songs, and and uh, it was hard for me to to grasp them after the stroke and everything happened. But but now I feel like, yeah, they're they're there, and and I can I can reclaim them, <laughs> as it were. What do you mean by hard to grasp? Well, because I couldn't after the stroke, I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember any any words of of any songs ever. Wow! <laughs> like I was. I was wiped. I was wiped out. You know, wiped clean. So, um, and gradually, and through just trying to drill words into my songs and doing therapy, they started words started coming back to me a little bit. I mean, I still still really really struggle with it, but but I've gotten better as I've gone along. So so now I can. You know, kind of. I mean, I I couldn't really remember. I I couldn't like tell you what the words of the song are, but I can. I think I think I'll get better and better. So I think like next year maybe I'll be able to do um uh, maybe I'll be able to sing them without reading them off of a of a, a music stand. Right, it's possible. Because I mean, I've I've played a lot of so, a lot of shows since then, and some shows I've gotten by without without um you know cheat sheets sure. um um but it's really hard but you know i i started like in last april i started to play shows i started doing these little therapy sessions these six to eight o'clock like happy hour kind of shows where i would play beatles songs neil young songs and minus five songs the ones i could remember um and so those were kind of the ones that i figured would be the most in my dna that i might be able to recall them and they they gradually started coming to me, coming back to me. So, you know, it's still it's still a work in progress, but um I feel like it's 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 getting better. And so, you know, I'm hoping maybe next year on Christmas maybe I'll be able to sing these songs without uh, having to read them. <laughs> does that does that affect the way you sing when you have to read them too? Well, I mean, it's it's hard because I mean it's not only just just it's not only just comp, uh, comprehension and remembering the words. It's like it's like even when I'm thinking them, they come out garbled in my mouth sometimes. <laughs> it's it's just really it's really it's really weird. It's hard to explain. But um, you know, even if I what I think I'm singing sometimes doesn't come out like I like I I mean it to. Sure. Like, so I think people who are used to hearing me in the shows around town recently are probably overlooking the fact that I'm singing some really weird things here and there, but, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, I think the, the Christmas show was really, really fun and nobody cared that I was, I was cheating, you know, I mean, it was, it was fine. Um, and it was, it was really fun to play those, play those songs. It was really joyous uh, occasion and it was, you know, it was a year late, but, 
<laughs> it happened, yeah. <laughs> at least. Uh, I'll tell you why I asked that question, is I was wondering if, you know, just that minor lag between your eye and the processing and getting it back out, if that affects sort of subtly your, you know, sort of your timing of your phrasing when you're singing a song? Well, it it probably does. It probably does a little bit. Everything's affected a little bit, you know. Um, it, it It is, for sure. But on the, on the bright side, um, my voice is good, you know. Okay. It's it it's it's it, it it works well. So it's just getting it to come out. But um, um, but you know, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. It's hard to explain. It's like it's like I'm 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 thinking of of the words and they, but you know that part of my brain is is dead. You know, right. I mean, it's you don't you don't get it back. You know, so um. So, but, but but the brain is so amazing; it figures out ways to get around the, the the dead part and somehow get back to the stuff that was there beforehand. But so it it feels really weird because it comes from a different place when I'm when I'm trying to remember words. Um, it's it's not automatic like it was before. It's like it's like there's a delay, like they they're trying to make it make their way back to me. Um, it's really it's really fascinating. It's really weird. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, it's it's a strange feeling. I was going to say that it has to be it has to be bizarre to have all these songs that you wrote and have no access to them. To have the yeah. that I made that and I it don't is. know what I made. It is, but it's funny because the ones that have come back to me the best are there. There's the the ones that were like I was singing like in the minus five on that tour when I had the stroke, those, those have a pretty good chance of coming back because I was singing them a lot. But then the ones that really come back out of nowhere are the, the oldest songs that I just sang so many times, like the early Young Fresh Fellows songs wow. that I've been singing for 30 years, you know, those, those will occasionally will pop back in a whole song will pop back, you know? And 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 the same with like Beatles and Neil Young songs, you know, those are just ones that are so much a part of me that they, I suddenly will will come back to me, you know. Right. And that being said, they can go away again really quickly. <laughs> but 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 sometimes but sometimes they really um, they really come back, and that's that's amazing. And it, it, but yeah, it's some it's some of the ones that are that are they've been around for the longest time. They're the ones that I can remember the best, not necessarily the ones that are are new or fresh or whatever. That has to actually be, I don't know if this is looking for a good side, but there has to be something really interesting about it, about in a way sort of rediscovering music or, you know, rediscovering, you know, sort of rediscovering your own songs even at this point in your it career. It is. It is. It's true. It's true. It really is. Um, it, 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 it's kind of like hearing with new, with new ears, you know, I mean, it really was right when I first had the stroke. When I started, I was in the hospital, and and Peter Peter Buck was there, and he he made a a playlist on an iPod of all Beatles, all Beatles, and 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 that was just like it was it was like hearing them with new ears because these songs I heard a 
billion times, you know. Right. And they were they're they're both bringing me back to things I knew, but also it was like hearing them with, with new with new ears because my brain was just such a different state. So it is it is kind of fascinating in that way. So what did you think of the Christmas record when you were able to get back to it and play it again? I really like it. <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm really I'm really pleased with it, you know. I mean, um it, my my one um quibbling with it was that maybe I mean I wish I could have put the um the Christmas in our Antarctica song on it um, because I don't know if you heard that one that I saw it, but it I haven't listened really, to it yet. Yeah, you know, it was released digitally this year because because we were holding that for the Monkees album. Okay. The, and and they and they were going to record the they they wanted me to hold that one for them and Christmas party, which Christmas party they ended up recording, which was awesome and amazing and the greatest. But uh, they didn't do Christmas in Antarctica, so I would have liked to have put that on the record. I would have just like made it just a little bit better. But you know, but it's uh, it's out there, and um, I think it's a really I think it's a really good record. And I think it, it's it's um, I think I I I walked a fine line on it where I wanted it to be Christmassy, but without being just typical lyrically. You know, like I didn't want it to all be about Santa or Jesus. In fact, I I wanted Santa and Jesus to be barely mentioned <laughs> right. on the record. And I think they I think they might each get one one mention on the entire eleven songs. And um, but but I still feel like the record has a really Christmas feel for it. You know, I think it I think it you know it sounds like a Christmas record when you put it on without pandering to the the you know the the Jesus thing or or um, too much about Santa and that kind of stuff. What's the song that you think most thoroughly captures the the uh, the Christmas thing? Um. Well, let's see. Oddly, I guess maybe it's um, when Christmas hurts you this way, which is kind of a a sad one and a and a bummer. But I think it's got a really nice feel to it, and it's. Um, it's a really pretty song and it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's about Christmas, but it's, but it's not, but it's sad, you know? Um, but I think it, I think it really works. I mean, I, I love the new Christmas hymn. I like that one because it's, because the lyrics are, are meaningful to me. Um, 
but it's not as much of a Christmas feeling track. It's more like a a revved up folk rock song or something. But but um, so it's not as Christmassy musically, but I think the lyrically, it's I think it's it's probably the best one. But for the Christmas feeling track, I think I really like the um, When Christmas Hurts You This Way. You mentioned a new Christmas hymn. What mm-hmm. about the lyrics make that sort of the best, most Christmassy one for you? Well, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's really like a folk protest song, really. You know, like I was thinking more like a, like coming from Woody Guthrie, you know, like with all the things going on in the country and and how negative um i could be about it i wanted to say something positive about it but but you know it was like i was referring to uh the the people the the refugees you know not not having a place to go things like that um um so it was it's more it's more like a a populist a populist folk song but bringing it into the the Christmas, you know, the Christmas spirit of giving and, and caring about people and not, you know, it it was combating the, the, the horrible person and people who've taken over their country and don't, don't give a shit about people except for their fucking rich asshole friends. (laughs) You know, Hey, Bob, Betty, Jim, come on over to the piano. What was uh, growing up? What was your relationship to Christmas and Christmas music? I loved it. I loved the holiday because I was a little greedy little kid (laughs) who wanted presents and stuff like that. And uh, you know, but the the Christmas records I listened to as a kid were were the old favorites, the weird ones that my parents just had, like the, the voices of Walter Schumann, which is which I parody at the beginning of the. Of New Christmas hymn, I go, hey Bob, Eddie, Bill, come on over to the piano. That's that's stolen exactly from the the Walter Schumann, the voices of Walter Schumann Christmas record. Oh wow! Which me and my me and my siblings always thought it was the funniest song ever, and uh, and uh, it starts with that. So I had to. It was a little nod to my family to start off the record with that. You know, it was just like a a little nod to to my childhood and to my my. My siblings, I thought they would get a kick out of it. <laughs> oh, that's great! So, yeah, and the and the cover is sort of a takeoff of the voices of Walter Schumann record. In fact, the original cover I have for to December was actually I took the 
the Voices of Walter Schumann record, and I just crossed it out and put the minus five. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. But the uh, but the, we 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 did it that. But then the the legal department at Yeprock decided that that was not cool, which I thought nobody's going to care. But you know they have to they have to cover their asses on stuff like that. So they shot it down. But I got a, another picture that looked kind of like it, and, and and we changed it. But uh, but I thought it would have been hilarious if we just had it with their name crossed out and put the minus five uh, instead. Uh. Hey, Bob, Betty, Jim, come on over to the piano. Everybody gather round, take your seats and all sit down. First I start to sing the song, then you follow right along. Is this not a Christmas tree? Yes, this is a Christmas tree. Isn't all the candy free? Oh, yes, all this candy's free. Candy free. Christmas tree. Oh, what a happy Christmas party. What a merry Christmas tree. What else was in your, in your, uh, what else was in your parents' house? Well, you know, I mean, as I got a little older, of course, when I, when I became a, um, when I was a teenager, you know, I got into the Beatles, the Beatles little Christmas records, which are not really Christmas records at all, but they're, um, but they're really funny. I love those. And, and then, you know, when I got to be 20 or whatever, I, I got the, the Phil Spector Christmas record and that changed everything. You know, that's, that made the whole, that, that made everything that that is the Christmas album. That's right. the when you think when you think of a Christmas record, you think of the sound of that record. You know? Right. Um, so that's a huge huge effect. But but I'm trying to think of the other ones when I was a little kid. I mean, we had the Vienna Boys Choir, who I I mentioned in a song um, <laughs> too, in uh, your Christmas whiskey. Um, but we we my parents would play the Vienna Boys Choir. That was more like kind of religious, like more classical music almost in a way. But right. um, but there was a lot of just really oh the um, like Stephen Eady, um, you know it's cold outside by them, um, um, stuff like that. And you know of course the the old favorites like um, Nat King Cole and you know um, that was like like that's the first song I really remember really touching me as a as a little kid as the Christmas song, you know, the Mel Torme song. Right. Um, um and I still think that's an amazing song. I still think it's a beautiful song. It's it's kind of like for all the imagery, the the typical Christmas imagery, um, it kinda of has it all in that one. I and mean, it's a beautiful melody and it's uh it's sung so beautifully by many different people, but I guess Nat King Cole is probably the, the classic one, but um but that one—that's a great one. That's a that's a favorite. Yeah, you know, I tell you, you were talking a moment ago about the uh, about the Phil Spector Christmas album, and one of the things I was thinking about, actually, I was sort of writing a little bit about today, is that there is that it's one of the handful of Christmas albums that is actually a really good Christmas album. You know that there are you know a lot of people made good you know have made good records, but you know you think about you know. The, the story of Christmas music is largely the story of Christmas songs, and m- far more so uh-huh. than albums. You know, if you like, you know, what else is on? Uh, you know, what else is on uh, Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You," or what else is on the right. album that has uh, the uh, 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 Nat King Cole album with the Christmas song? You know, you don't know what else is on those, but you actually do know other songs right. from uh, a number of songs from the Phil Spector Christmas album. 
Um, right. Which I, I, I've been kind of coming to grips with that idea that this really was sort of is fundamentally, a, you know, or it used to be fundamentally a singles sort of a singles form. Yeah. Well, I, that's true. But, and I, I really wanted, um, my Christmas album to be a full album of all quality, quality songs. And I wanted them to be, I didn't want to rely on old favorites because most albums that come out now, I mean, it's typical just to have one or two new songs and then just add it with versions of songs you've heard a billion times. And I just did not want to do that. You know, right. I didn't want to do that because it seems like that's a typical thing to do. You know, sure. nobody needs to hear me singing, um, Hark the Herald Angels sing. I mean, God, no one ever needs to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Although the Young Priscilla did a did a really good version of the um, the the, Oak, the Bethlehem song. What's it called? Uh, Oak, the Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah, Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah, see, that's 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 how my memory does block shit out like that. Right, I would know that. But um, yeah, a little town in Bethlehem. The fellows did a really good version of that on a on a Christmas compilation album. But you know, but but in general, I would just wanted to totally avoid avoid that stuff. Sure. So, and and I and I thought you know, I could have covered a couple of of cooler songs that maybe people don't know as much, like "Merry Christmas, Everybody" by Slade, you know, right, or or something like that. Those those would have been great, but. But I, I came up with enough songs myself, though I didn't have to to, to dip in elsewhere. I didn't even I didn't even sing all. I had a couple of Christmas songs that I didn't put on the record that I'd written a long time ago that were that were kind of the snotty, snarky Christmas songs, and i I didn't want to I didn't want to go that direction either because <laughs> I wanted it to be a record. I did because I wanted it to be a, a record that people could put on in Christmas and not think that I was judging them. <laughs> right, right. You know, because, you know, I mean, at, at, now at the Christmas show, I, I I played one of those songs, those old songs called St. Nick's a Dick. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I played that one because it's a good, funny song, but um, but I didn't want to put it on the on the record. It would have been, it would have been in character with what I was trying to do with this record, you know. And I have another song called Santa Claustrophobia, which is, which is about you know a, a, a kind of a, uh, a Santa Claus at a at a mall or whatever who kind of molests girls, you know. <laughs> so I, I I did I did I, I didn't I didn't want that on this record either. So right. Maybe I'll put out a, a single of those two songs next year. Yeah. You know, I've always thought like those songs were. I always thought those songs were too easy. The uh, I mean, not yours specifically, but the songs that kind of piss on Christmas. I always thought that. That always felt like that's not you haven't done anything when you've done that, you know. It's so easy to dump on it if you want to. That uh, yeah, you know, if, if you're going sort of if you're going to take a swing at it, take it take a good swing, and yeah, uh, you know, if you're going to dump on it, you know, dump for good reasons. Just you know, if you want to dump on it because it's sentimental, it's like yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, there's a few songs that. I guess you could say are negative about Christmas that are really still really good. Like, like, a like a father Christmas by the Kings, you know, right. um, 
that's a good one. And, and it does have a little bit of heart to it. You know, it's, it's in to think of the think of people who don't have, don't have stuff too. You know, that's, right. that's, that's what's at the heart of it. So, and then there's don't, don't believe in Christmas by the Sonics, which I just love that. It's just, it's kind of like a, it's like, you know, I don't believe in Christmas because, because, you know, Santa didn't bring me nothing this year or whatever. It's, it's, it's just a really good, funny song about, about, you know, being, a, being bummed at Christmas because you don't get shit. You right, know? right. So that, that's a really good one too. So there's, there's a few that, that work that way and I, I like them. I didn't want my album, my Christmas album, to be to be coming from that from that direction, you know. Right. Well, mom and dad said be good, so I did what I should. Hung my stocking on a wall, didn't get a thing at all. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas, 'cause I didn't get nothing last year. What was the idea behind getting so many guests for the record? Um, I I just thought it'd be nice to have um, different voices, different voices in there. Um, um, you know, it didn't. It didn't. I didn't ever feel like it needed to be all me um, singing. I probably would have liked even more more um, different voices on it, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted it to be a fun thing, like have a lot of my friends on it, and and have different singers. Like you know, again on the on the Phil Spector record, you know, you don't you don't think the record doesn't sound coherent because there's a bunch of different singers on it, you know, it, it, because it still has the, the the uniform sound of the the the, um, the backdrop of Christmas production. And I figured, you know, I, so I figured, you know, you can have different people sing. It doesn't have to be all about me. Right. Yeah. You know, but I think one of the things I thought was interesting about it and kind of one of the things I've come to sort of connect with about Christmas in general was that is that kind of makes the record feel very kind of like a, you know, like a communal experience. Like it's like it is a sort of a family and friends experience. And, uh-huh. uh, and it felt like a way to kind of, make the, you know, make the record kind of mirror the event, you know, cause I mean, at this yeah. point, you know, like you know, we have, you know, sort of have a bunch of people who are a part of how we spend our Christmas, uh, you know, how we spend our Christmas every year. And it's sort of, if it doesn't involve some of these people, you know, it wasn't, you know, Christmas didn't quite work that year. And so it kind of uh-huh. felt like to be able to actually sort of get, you know, to get, you know, musical friends on there, felt like a way of putting that community back into your, you know, actually like sort of hardwiring it into the record. Yeah, that's good. That's what I wanted. And then of course it turned out really weird because of what happened, you know, but, but again, all those people are in my community and they all rallied around me and everything. So, um, so it, it worked out really well, but, um, but yeah, I, I wanted it to feel like it's, it's like a communal thing, not just a message from me for sure. Now, you know, Christmas is often so, you know, Christmas music is often uh, sort of so nostalgic. Do you feel like there are songs in here that kind of tap nostalgic buttons, uh, even though it's obviously not sort of aiming straight at nostalgia? Um, Let me think about that. Um, 
trying to think what other songs are on the record. Um, you know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's really nostalgic coming from the lyric side. I think musically it is, but, um, but not so much, not so much from the lyric side. Um, it's like I said, it was, it was a fine line. I was trying to, to, to walk, um, you know, putting in not just, not just the love and happiness of the, of the holidays, but the sadness of the holidays too. Right. You know, uh, I, I put a little bit of that in there too, but, um, but without being overly negative, hopefully. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I was, I was trying to stay away from the, the traditional lyrical, um, uh, the, the, the traditional lyrics kind sure. of thing. So, but being a little sneaky about it. Of course, mistletoe gets a mention in somewhere. You know, there's just, there's, uh, I guess there weren't any chestnuts maybe in there, but you know, just like I, I, I kind of kept nodding to, to traditional things, but without really pandering to them, I think. You mentioned earlier the Monkeys Christmas album. Can you tell me about that experience? Um, well, it was. It was weird because I mean that's the whole reason that my album happened is because I had heard that they were looking for songs for a Christmas record, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try to submit a couple. So I came up with one or two that I thought were good, and I I wouldn't hear back from them, so I'd send them more. So I sent them like five or six maybe, and then I was like, God, they're never going to record all these. I might as well just keep writing songs and maybe I'll, you know, rec- maybe I'll put on my own record because maybe they won't record any of them, you know? And so I realized I, I pretty much put together, I, I immediately jumped from writing songs for them to writing a whole record. And I did, and I had to wait and see, then they finally get back to me. I had a whole record done. Um, and then I had to wait to do that and they get back to me. And at the last minute they said they said i left off the christmas in antarctica because they wanted that and then i had the record mastered my record mastered with the christmas party on it and at the last minute they said oh we want to do that song can you leave that one off too and so i said yes i took it off so it went from 12 songs to or 13 songs to 11 songs um 
And I was like, well, I'll just put it out as long as I don't, I'm not competing with any, using the, any of the same songs they're going to use. It's okay. Um, and then it turned out they didn't get theirs done. So theirs didn't come out the same year as mine. It didn't come out till a year later. So, cause originally it was supposed to come out the same time mine did. But, um, so yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason my record came together is because I was demoing a bunch of songs for the, for the monkeys, for the monkeys album. And I just got carried away as I will. <laughs> when I get, when you put a task in front of me, I just like, I just like kept, you know, kept writing. And, um, and so, so then after that all happened, I put out my record. Then it turned out they were going to use Christmas party and they actually had, um, Peter and I fly down to LA to record it with them. Um, so we, we tracked it with, with Mickey. Uh, Mickey was the only one there who was actually in, in the band cause they, they pretty much do it all separately, you know? Right. Um, but Mickey's kind of the, the, he's the, the main go-to guy and he, he's involved in, you know, he sings what nine out of the 12 songs on the record or whatever, you know? So, um, there's one by Peter and, and two by Mike Nesmith, but, um, and the rest of it's all Mickey with, with Adam Schlesinger and, and his cronies down there. But it was really, really amazing to go down there and record with them. And, uh, and to be like, we're made, we're, we're playing on a records album, you know? And it's, I mean, on a monkey's album, and it's a great history of, you know, being in a monkey thing where it's like, okay, we're the band, we're we're session guys, we're we're the songwriters, you know, the whole thing. So Peter and I, it was like kind of a dream for us because we both were big monkeys fans since we were like ten, ten or twelve years old, you know. Right. And to be to be part of it was was really amazing. And uh, and I remember going over the lyrics with Mickey and. And I was like, we, you know, this is you, you don't have to sing it exactly like I phrased it on the demo. He's like, oh, it's your your song. I want to get it right. I want to get it right for you. I want you to be happy with it. You know, it was so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't care how he sang it. I was like, just sing it however you want. But but he was really um, really took took great care to it, and uh, it was it was it was really really fun experience. He plays football. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is or this guy here. This guy here is always doing this to everybody.
were you consciously sort of sort of writing uh, when you started? Were you sort of consciously writing in their voice or with them in mind? Um, was there a distinction between songs I, for them and songs for you? Well, there, yeah, there was. Like I said, there was like probably maybe five or six of them that I maybe four or five that I sent to them. So I, I definitely thought I was writing specifically for what I thought might work for the monkeys. Like the Christmas party of the song that they recorded, I was totally thinking of Mickey doing that one. Um, and I, I was even thinking he could play drums on it. Like I, I really like his drumming. And so I made it like kind of like a, a basic thing where I thought this would be really cool with Mickey playing drums too. He didn't end up doing it, but I kind of suggested it and, they kind of they kind of molded over, but they had the drummer in there, so we just did it with him. But um, but um, but I I that one was definitely totally for the monkeys and written specifically for him. And and Ben and I were writing Christmas in Antarctica. We thought that would be a good monkey song. Um, I that you tied me over that kind of countryish one. I thought maybe that'd be a good one for for Mike, Mike Nesmith. Um, so yeah, there was there was like the good four or five of them that were specifically written with the monkeys in mind. And then I, and then I went on to my own, my own thing where I was like, well, I'll just write a bunch more and I put out a whole album. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, there was, there was four or five of them that were written with the, with the monkeys voices and feeling uh, in mind, you know, what kind of would be like a monkeys kind of thing. It was funny because on the Christmas party of the song that when the version that I recorded has, um, uh, like a, a Corin Tucker from Sleater Kenny is singing. Uh, she's like answering my vocal on it. She like, so she's kind of shouting it. So it's kind of like got more of like a soul thing on it. And I said, well, you know, we could probably get her to do that with Mickey on the record. If you want anything, they're like, no, it's, it's not, it doesn't really sound very monkeys, you know? <laughs> oh, that's and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You're right. You're right. I get it. Yeah. Cause, cause you know, so they, they know what they want the monkeys to sound like, you know, and, uh, and that didn't really fit in with them, but, um, but the song worked. And now a few reviews of recent Christmas releases. So far, I've avoided talking about Rob Halford celestial because I don't hear heavy metal in the way that I need to, to make it work as Christmas music. When I first interviewed Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Al Petrelli about how he reconciled the bigness of arena rock with the intimacy that I associate with Christmas, he pointed to the stories in the songs. The stories themselves were human-scaled, and it was clear that heavy metal's massiveness was simply the musical language that he spoke, so much so that he didn't see the disjunction that I did. Celestial poses the same challenge for me. I find Halford sing-shouting about tidings of comfort and joy over pounding drums and charging guitars funny, nor can I get next to his version of Away in the Manger because of its prog leanings, which chase me away. I can't process heavy metal without questioning its conventions, since many of them seem at odds with Christmas music. But I give Halford credit. He clearly takes the project seriously. He's not goofing on Christmas music, nor does Celestial sound like a cheap cash-in on the holidays. His band is hard, and he's committed to the songs. It's not for me, but if I spoke metal without an accent, I can imagine being very happy with the album. From Celestial, this is God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. 
Next is Neo's Another Kind of Christmas, which crosses R&B generations with trap drums and classic soul touches in musical settings that all seem to be steering toward the bedroom. The latter impulse drives Open Mind Tonight, while the first two are most effectively displayed on his cover of Donny Hathaway's This Christmas. For me, the winner on the album is Talk About It, which has the strongest melody of the songs he wrote for the album. It's immediately catchy with lyrics that smartly remind us that we don't all celebrate Christmas the same way, but important ways we do. It's got a great final verse with his mother reminding young Neo that she works doubles to pay for his Christmas presents. Mama said, don't be giving no fat white dude credit for my shit, because if you got shit, I'm the reason you got shit, he sings. Some of the standards fade for me by comparison, but I enjoy another kind of Christmas whenever I hear it. From it, this is Talk About It. Mama, yeah. grandma, and my aunt is cooking all the ladies stay in the kitchen, staying out the way so that when my uncle start tripping, they don't get caught up in the middle, even though they know them niggas gon' barge in with beef from my 20 years ago. And they been sipping, so you know what this about to be. I'm taking bets on who gon' knock over this Christmas tree. Somebody gon' fight, somebody gon' cry, somebody gon' try to leave. They gon' squash it all right before it's time to eat Say, ooh, it's Christmas time How you do it yours? How I do it mine? Ain't no difference, ooh, this Christmas time Ooh, let's talk about yours Let's talk about mine Talk about it Run around with my cousins Talking shit, playing the dozens On Bluesman Keb Moe's new Moonlight, Mistletoe, and You he puts on the dog a bit, dressing up his songs with horns, snappy arrangements, and even strings on the title track. He relies less on acoustic instruments and the authenticity that they invoke, perhaps because he recognizes the performative nature of Christmas songs, the ones he wrote and the ones that are still covered. Still, the album feels absolutely authentic as Kev Moe establishes his place in Christmas's music tradition. Like Rob Halford's Celestial, you need to be able to hear your life and feelings in blues lyrics to really connect to this. But it's no surprise that Keb Moe's take on Christmas blues standards like Please Come Home for Christmas and Santa Claus, Santa Claus exist in a healthy dialogue with the versions before them. And the title track is a credible, charming version of a Christmas rarity, an adult Christmas song. Here is Moonlight, Mistletoe, and You. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year Tell me what you'd like to do, dear Hang the stockings on the mantle Won't you let me be your Santa? Please be waiting under the Christmas tree Softly smiling, all wrapped up for me a while and I'm long overdue 
For some moonlight Mistletoe And you We can carry By the fire Do whatever We desire Last year, John Legend released A Legendary Christmas which I found a little too respectful to the R&B artists who put their marks on the Christmas canon before him. This year, he reissued the album in a deluxe edition with four new tracks, the strongest being his version of This Christmas. On it, he starts with the same issue, clinging a little too closely to Donny Hathaway's version. But legend asserts himself on the song more and more as it goes on. That movement and the comfort he obviously comes to feel in the song makes it not only a good Christmas track, but good music. The news on the album is his rewrite of Baby It's Cold Outside, which Legend sings as a duet with Kelly Clarkson. The song has become problematic in the No Means No era, and his new lyrics work to get around the ghost of Christmas date rape that haunts the song. It's a testament to Legend the singer that he makes most of the new lyrics work in performance, better than they do on the screen. Though I'm not sure anyone can sing It's Your Body, It's, and It's Your Choice and not have it sound like the line was pulled from a pamphlet given to freshmen entering college. His version reverses the song's dynamic as he's trying to watch out for the woman and help her go, and she's the one who keeps lingering. It's a curious dynamic, and the crosstalk between the two seems as confusing and hard to read in its own way as the original lyrics. But the performance says that both parties are interested in the evening continuing in the direction it's going, just as most performances of the original lyrics do. It's interesting, but more than anything else, it makes me think that we need to continue processing the original lyrics and previous versions. I like this take, but it's hard to imagine it becoming the new definitive one. This is John Legend's version of Baby It's Cold Outside with Kelly Clarkson. Cold outside. I've gotta go away. I can call you alright. This evening has been I'm so glad that so you dropped in. Time spent with you is paradise. My mama will start to. I'll worry. call the car and tell him to hurry. My daddy will be pacing the floor. Wait, what are you still living home? So for? really. Is oh, we're both adults, so who's keeping what score? My friends think? Oh, I think they should rejoice. If I have one more dream, it's your body and your choice. In 2017, Diana Ross released Wonderful Christmas Time, which was recently reissued on two vinyl discs. Like Ross herself, there are ways that the album seems detached from gravity and time. Some arrangements make songs seem genuinely weightless, frequently with arrangements that recall the hi-fi stereo heyday more than the pre-rock and roll pop that I think she's going for. Since those have their own charms, I'm not complaining, but I wonder if I should think some of those songs are classier than they are. It's really curious to hear her sing Stevie Wonder's Someday at Christmas, one of the great Christmas songs to come out of Motown. 
The version here on Wonderful Christmas Time is great in its way as she sings amid strings that curl around her like wispy clouds, giving me the visual of her hovering over not only Motown and its legacy, but the world and all the struggles below. Ross sings beautifully, but she lingers over syllables and loves them all equally, no matter what they say. She sings the secular and spiritual songs with similar passion and commitment, as if the subject matter of the songs is all the same. And it might as well be. Diana has always been the subtext of Diana Ross songs, and these performances sound like Diana being Diana. She seems the most committed to John Lennon and Yoko Ono's Happy Christmas War is Over, singing over the children's chorus instead of joining it as John and Yoko did. Because of that, Wonderful Christmas is kind of great and all wrong at the same time. Fortunately, there's a proud tradition of Christmas albums like that. This is her version of Someday at Christmas. music reviews in the upcoming weeks. A lot of indie artists waited until after Thanksgiving to get theirs out, and some of them are pretty cool. If you're on Spotify, I hope you'll check out their holiday singles, particularly with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band, who I'd love to talk to for next year. They've recorded a series of uh, Spotify exclusives, one with P.J. Morton, one with Boyfriend, both of whom appeared on 12 songs last season, and one with Big Frida, who I also hope to have on the pod next season. Thanks again to Scott McCoy of The Minus Five. You can find him on Facebook at The Minus Five, and that's the digit, not the word. You can find me at 12 Songs of Christmas. Feel free to let me know how you feel about this episode and Christmas music. Thanks to AF The Naysayer for the theme music, and as always, thanks to you for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe through Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. That way you help others find out about 12 songs and you don't miss an episode. We'll finish with a song that Scott talked about that isn't on Dear December. This is Christmas in Antarctica, performed with Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service. Talk to you soon. <laughs>